0: Good morning, and thank you for joining host Cheryl Esposito for an intriguing hour of leading conversations. Each week, Cheryl brings together big thinkers to the Voice America Business Channel. Now, here's your host, Cheryl Esposito.
1: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Leading Conversations. I'm Cheryl Esposito. My very special guest today is Carl Studna, a world renowned mm-hmm. photographer. He is also a very good friend. A man with a very big heart. And Carl has just Mm -hmm. written a book, and we're going to talk about that today. It's called The Evolution of Loving, and I can't wait to get into this. Carl, welcome to the show. Thank you, Cheryl.
2: It's wonderful to be here and have the opportunity to... Engage with you.
1: Well, it is fantastic to be here, especially because we are in your studio and we are in the mountains of Colorado. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful where you live with your lovely wife, Cynthia James. And I'm so excited about your new book. It is Mm -hmm. just beautiful Mm, The Essence of Loving. I want to get into that a little bit later because Mm -hmm. what I first want to talk about is how you actually became the world-renowned photographer that you are today. Um, the, you, you may see in the background we have some photos of some incredible artists, Paul McCartney and Rod Stewart. Mm-hmm. That is only just a little bit of the story of you and how many of these beautiful people you have been able to photograph and Yeah, you know, even the Dalai Lama, Mm -hmm. how fortunate are you?
2: Yeah, that was a blessed experience. It really was. I bet. So, to give you a more concise uh, answer on how I got to be where I am now, it was really by following what inspired me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Following that thread of uh, inspiration, um, people that really inspired me in my past and currently. And just then, just continuing oh. to open to you know the synchronicity of meeting the right people that could introduce me to them, or or finding the right um, opening to the right managers mm-hmm. for certain musicians, being in the right place at the right time, and um, continuing to follow that passion and and have the opportunity to be with them mm. and photograph them, and and as is true with everything that i photograph it's it's for me it's all about uh, revealing the essence of what's in front of me or who's in front of me
1: well and you must have had a very calm centered presence even then because you do now mm-hmm. and in my experience of you you are always able to be with someone and no matter how many people are in the room it's as if that person is the only person in the room that you are paying attention to. And that is a gift. Mm. And my guess is that must have been in your being when you were young. <laughs> my, no? parents yes. ah. my parents wouldn't have said that, nor my sister. Oh, now, yeah, well. Yeah, no, I think
2: that that emerged as I became mm. a young adult or in my, in my teens. Mm. Uh, uh, the, the more um, centered and... And uh, I was going to use the word mellow, but I'm not really mellow. Uh, Calm. Yeah. Yeah, the the calm aspect. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I think it
1: was always there. It was always there. But it it didn't show itself as a child. So what I love is that the way you photograph and the relationship you move into with the individual you are photographing, um, you have named this luminescence. Yes. Tell us what this is.
2: So, luminescence uh, for me is really about bringing out that uh, natural light that resides within everybody, and I think everything. I do believe that everything has its own light. And with people, uh, my experience is that when people are feeling safe, when they're feeling trusting, Uh, when they feel at home and at peace, Mm. then they can let go, they can be themselves, and they let their true light out. They let Mm -hmm. it shine. And when they do, I'm seeing it in your eyes right now, when they do, then uh, it's just absolutely stunning. We get to see the fullness of Mm. of who that person is. And they glow, they literally glow. Mm.
1: The experience I've had... Um, when I look at your photos is I feel like I'm in the room with that person Mm -hmm. right and and I have been privileged to be um, sitting on this side of the camera while you're on the other side of the camera shooting me and it was an amazing experience it was um, almost a spiritual experience because I truly felt safe Mm -hmm. to let the all of me show.
2: yeah and that's a large reason why I love doing what Mm -hmm. I do and never get tired of it because Mm -hmm. I just see that every person is unique Mm -hmm. and we all uh, emanate our light in our own beautiful and unique Mm -hmm. way and it's an honor and a privilege to be with someone and have them say yes Mm -hmm. to allowing me be the conduit Mm -hmm. for uh, preserving their... Essence and their
1: luminescence. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. Preserving the essence in Mm. the moment, right? Yes. That's absolutely beautiful. In each moment. In each moment.
2: Mm. That's what what the first book, Click, was all about, was honoring each essential moment Mm. as being precious and uh, how do we, in every click, in every moment of our lives, Mm. open to the true essence and fullness and greatness and power and, and purpose of who we are.
1: How has that philosophy of yours around photography influenced the way you live day to day?
2: Mm. Well, I think it's sort of the chicken or the egg, you know. Uh, I, photography and photographing people and just photographing nature, photographing animals, uh, it all helps to reinforce that mm. because it's a tool for me to practice just like a meditative practice, Mm. like being mindful. It really is a mindfulness practice. If that's where your attention is with photographing, then you are being more mindful of uh, feeling and revealing that light Mm. and that beauty.
1: Mm, Nice. So tell us a bit about your first book. Mm -hmm. Click was really fun. I loved that book. Mm, So tell us about it.
2: So the idea came because a friend of mine from New York said, Carl, you need to write a book. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and so I was taking a walk in, that morning with my dogs and, and a title came to me, which is not the title, but I started laughing. And the title was, I Love Having My Picture Taken. Ah. And I started cracking up. Yeah, I started laughing and thinking, God, that's so not true with most people. And then that got into the inquiry of, well, why is that so not true? Why do most people feel uncomfortable uh, about having their picture taken. And that became the whole premise of the book, of first off, looking culturally, socially, why mm-hmm. that's true, and uh, and it provided a whole context for a book as a
1: metaphor for our lives. That's amazing. So as you say that, what it makes me think of is, you know, why are so many people uncomfortable, it, including me, I was. You were. I was, um, until recently, um, you know, the idea that you said earlier about preserving the moment, Mm -hmm. right? So as humans, we get to change moment to moment, and if we give somebody a silly look, then, you know, we know that we can change our face in a minute, and it goes, and maybe they won't remember it, right? Right. Except when somebody snaps the camera. Mm -hmm. And so maybe there's just a little bit of hesitancy about letting something be permanent Mm -hmm. about us.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's interesting. That's an interesting thought as far as the permanency um, of a still picture. I, I see it largely as because you are putting emphasis on each frame. And, uh, and each frame is revealing and reflecting back exactly where our thoughts are mm. in that moment. Now, I'm not, I'm, of course, that doesn't include moments where you're just talking or, or in the middle of mm-hmm. your mouth moving and having an awkward face. But, mm-hmm. but if you're doing a portrait session and you're looking in the camera, mm-hmm. then it's very telling and very revealing. The camera doesn't lie in each still moment. Right. On video, there might be an uncomfortable moment, but it, it could pass like that.
1: Mm-hmm. With
2: stills, a frame, one frame, every frame you're seeing, and you're seeing those moments. Right. So people don't, most people don't like to see that, Mm. and I, you know, part of the premise of that book and my purpose, I think, in my in my life is um, educating and uh, and having working with people so that they can rest more in the truth Mm. of who they are, feel comfortable, so that there will be less and less of those uncomfortable self-conscious moments.
1: So let's um, talk a bit about. The new book, mm. Evolution of Loving. It is a beautiful, mm. beautiful book and it is a um, a chronography basically of mm. eight couples mm. through their journey of the relationship right yeah. and so you were um, allowed to become privileged to be be invited into some very intimate moments with those couples.
2: Yeah.
1: How did you even think to do this? And, and then how did, what is it that made people agree?
2: Well, uh, it wasn't my idea. It, it was presented to me through uh, the singer-songwriter Kenny Loggins. <laughs> and uh, he, at the time, was in a relationship where... where he really was deeply in love and wanted to. Thought it would be a great idea to have uh, a photography book that focused on the intimacy mm. of the love of different couples. And uh, I slept on it, didn't sleep much that night, and and woke up in the morning, and I caught the vision and mm. said, "Yeah, this could be amazing. This could be really beautiful." And the book has just been. It's called evolution of loving because it started with just the idea of uh, mainly photographing couples as they're in, being intimate with each other
1: mm.
2: uh, and focusing on their faces and showing the all the different feelings that mm. come up when someone is looking into their beloved's eyes right. you know, while they're being intimate. Mm. So the the light, the love, the passion, uh, everything, all all the. All the different feelings. Mm. So that was the basis of it, and then it grew from there. It evolved uh, because I started choosing couples. I wanted diversity. I wanted as mm-hmm. much diversity as possible. So I put the word out to my community of people, saying, "Now I'm looking for a couple have been together their mm-hmm. whole lives." You know, now I'm looking for uh, a African American couple. Mm-hmm. Now I'm looking for a, co- a young couple. You know, blossoming new mm-hmm. love. Uh, and i 'm looking now i 'm looking for a pregnant couple you know, mm. and all the perfect couples came, but the bottom line um, foundational element that needed to be there with all the couples was that they had they really had a mutual devotional love for each other, mm. devotional in the sense of being willing to equally show up and be mm-hmm. present, and mm-hmm. tell the truth, and work through mm-hmm. uh, whatever's going on in their lives, mm-hmm. and just bringing mutually consciousness to the relationship.
1: Right. So, did you ever have someone come to you who you decided would not work in the book? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And I just had to let them know that wasn't going to work. And there were there were a couple couples that I did end up photographing, and then it didn 't work mm. for various reasons, sure. yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it usually because it just wasn 't a fit for one reason right. or another
1: right so i 'm really um, intrigued with the idea that all of the emotional feelings and um, mm. the essence of the energy can show in the face mm-hmm. you know I mean intellectually, I think I know that, mm-hmm. and I think I know when somebody looks at me lovingly, yet when I looked at the photographs in the Evolution of Loving, you captured some depth that uh, I don't even know how you do that. Mm. It was like you were just inside their soul. How did you do that? I don't think
2: it was me. Mm. I, I, and what I, what I mean is uh, I would get out of the way. Mm. And I would treat each situation and each couple like I was going into the most sacred environment, the most sacred temple.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And in doing that then i'm just a pure witness mm. to what they have what they share mm. their love and that i believe because it happened every time that being allowing myself to go into that state it's almost merging with them it's like emerging and then and then most of the couples if not all of them felt like after a while like i wasn't even there
1: well, that's beautiful can't wait to talk more about this. We're going to take a break. We'll come back with Carl Stedna.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: We appreciate you joining our Leading Conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl.
1: Welcome back to Leading Conversations. I'm Cheryl Esposito with our very special guest today, Carl Studna. So, Carl, we've been talking about all of your amazing photography through the years and your current book, The Evolution of Loving, mm. which is just touching my heart so much. So, let's continue with that, because I, um, I'm i curious about the reason this book took such a long time. Yes. And apparently there was a purpose in this, right? So, so tell us about how that evolved.
2: Okay. Well, I actually started it in 1993. Wow. And thought i was pretty much done after about 4 years and it shopped we shopped it to all the publishers got the most beautiful rejection letters <laughs> they loved it but didn't want to publish it you know and photography books are more expensive and mm-hmm. there were all these reasons it was unique and it just wasn't it wasn't working so i put it on the shelf for a while but i always knew that it was so important it was cuz everybody that i shared the mock up with as I went along, I, I bought a blank book at an art store and literally yeah, cut and pasted yeah. all of these pictures and, right. and text in. So I'd share it with people everywhere I went. And almost everyone that I shared it with had a deep emotional experience. Mm. So I knew that this had deep value yeah. and it touched people in a very, very deep way. Mm. So I, uh, yeah, then I'd, I'd take it off the shelf. So I'd spruce it up a little bit, get a, a, a really better proposal together, get mm-hmm. it out there again. It wasn't happening. Uh, however, along the way, as, as it wasn't finding the publisher, I would stay in touch with many of these couples. Mm. And I'd go back and uh, do further interviews with them and oh. follow their evolution of their relationship.
1: Oh, wow.
2: And it really varied with each couple. Some couples uh, gave birth. Uh, and I was able to document the birth uh, of one of the couples, mm. um, the pregnancy of two of the couples, um, two of the elder couples uh, over time uh, the 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 spouse the male spouse passed away, mm. so I did further interviews with uh, the surviving widow right. and how they worked how they were working through their grief mm. how Know, how that um, affected them after being with their spouse most of their lives. Right. Um, separations, there's a mm-hmm. couple that that I came back and, and did an interview with after they went their own ways because they mm-hmm. realized, but in a conscious, uh, coupling, uncoupling way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there were so many things. And then, then when I thought I was really almost done, uh, about three years ago, uh, I was working with my editor and had everything pretty much in order, and uh, Cynthia, my wife, and I were having dinner for our anniversary, and I got this ethereal tug saying, nah, it's not done yet, and Cynthia was reminding me of that too, and uh, I knew that it was time to include uh, a male couple and a female couple, same-sex couples, and I thought of it initially, but I couldn't find... Uh, publisher in the 90s, just right. with heterosexual couples. Yeah. So I just, that just wasn't, didn't feel like an option at that time. And so I went back and put the word out to my community, found the two perfect couples, uh, both of which I've uh, been together about 20 years mm-hmm. and were just beautiful people with the most heartfelt, loving relationships. Mm-hmm. And uh, worked with a great editor in adding more, more to the book, my own voice, as far as, what i had learned from these couples how it helped to evolve my life in opening Mm -hmm. more fully to love Mm -hmm. so that i could bring in my partner cynthia Mm -hmm. who we've been together 23 years and uh, and i do believe that some of these couples the modeling that they provided Mm -hmm. really helped give us a greater template Mm -hmm. for being able to Mm -hmm. work through things and to have greater understanding Mm -hmm.
1: So, the photos of Ron and Margot yes. are just stunning. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about how they, in particular, affected your perspective on relationship and influenced the way you are in relationship.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, Ron and Margot were, in some ways, the most instrumental as far as having influence on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they represented a couple when i first met them and took the pictures and did the first interview they had been together well at that point probably 32 33 years Mm. but the first 27 years of their life which is what they wrote about in their first interview they had a very traditional marriage Mm. uh raising their children he'd go off to work she was a housewife and They both started getting restless, Mm -hmm. and they weren't growing in their relationship. It started becoming stagnant. So they didn't know how to bring the relationship together, how to do that, and they both decided to take a separation. So Margot went off and went to explore the world in different ways, and Ron stayed at the house, but they both were dating different people. And then she got injured and came back to the house to recuperate, And during that time, they had time together to talk and really Mm reevaluate and to recognize that they still had deep love for each Mm -hmm. other and they just didn't know how to grow in that love and to expand in it, to evolve in it. So they came up with a practice uh, that they called their promise. Mm -hmm. And it began a couple minutes a day uh, in the bedroom uh, as an act of giving and receiving with Mm -hmm. each other. And, and then it grew through time over from, from a few minutes to maybe 30 minutes to an mm-hmm. hour to sometimes a few hours. And one person each day would be the giver and, and the other the receiver. And the one that wished mm-hmm. to receive would tell the giver, this is how I'd like for you to give to me. This is what I'm needing mm-hmm. right now. and. And the, and the giver would just be fully there for mm-hmm. them and giving them exactly what they wanted.
1: And that's not just sexual, right? Not just yeah. sexual.
2: Sometimes it was sexual, and sometimes it could be um, just in listening, mm-hmm. you know, and discussing mm-hmm. and, and sharing things that, sure. that needed to be mm-hmm. shared. Uh, and they just grew in this way, and it was real, and I could see it and feel it from them when I'd be with mm-hmm. them. They grew in such a deep trust with each other, mm-hmm. where... There was just—it just felt like a complete presence. Oh, that's beautiful. You know, where there, it didn't feel like there was any level of separation or fear mm. or withhold, mm. and, and and so they influenced me so deeply in that way.
1: So you've talked about how each couple presented such unique relationship, mm-hmm. and that. No matter what you define as relationship, um, whatever the essence of that particular couple was, would show up differently. Yes. So, did you ever have a moment when you were doing this work mm-hmm. where, when something started to show or reveal itself, um, you had, you were doing two things. You were zoning in, paying attention, doing your job, and you had this. Voice or some sense of there's something here I need to pay attention to in me. Mm. Did you ever have that? Oh experience? yeah, yeah.
2: Um, not so much while I was doing the photography mm-hmm. with them because I would just be in a sure a complete zone yeah, of yeah. just merging, as I was mm-hmm. saying. But more in doing the interviews and in reading and rereading and mm. the transcripts and all mm. that, I would. I would recognize, mm-hmm. okay, there's areas in myself, you know, that where am I holding on? Where am I not fully trusting in myself? Mm. Um, where am I not fully trusting to be fully transparent or, or uh, vulnerable with my partner? Yeah. And those were usually the, the key, the more foundational questions. Yeah. Because all the couples, if I were to choose one uh, quality that I felt, was coherent and mm-hmm. essential with all the couples. Mm-hmm. It was. It was. It was how they um, opened to deeper trust mm-hmm. and and to be fully mm-hmm. present within themselves, mm-hmm. trust within themselves, and then and then be there and trust mm-hmm. with their partners so that they could
1: uh,
2: grow further mm-hmm. and 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 learn how to explore in deeper ways.
1: Tell us about Sunny and Sunshine.
2: Mm. Okay, so Sunny and Sunshine were one of the couples that I, that I just photographed uh, three years ago. Uh, and Cynthia and I both knew, had known them for quite a while. Mm-hmm. From They both had been involved in the same uh, spiritual uh, organization mm-hmm. that we've been a part of. And I always loved being seeing them whenever I would mm-hmm. see them. They'd always be very caring mm-hmm. and, and uh, with each other mm-hmm. and, and with me and connected and it's funny because they were the first uh couple when i was thinking about female couples Mm -hmm. they were the first ones that came to me but i nixed it uh Mm -hmm. i nixed it three times that it came up because uh sunny is more they actually both are but sunny or sunshine is more in the public eye Mm -hmm. and thinking no, no you know that that's going to be too revealing for her Mm uh but it kept coming back to me. Mm. I, thought, I thought about it a second time and then a third time. And I finally sent them an email and explained the whole project in depth, showed mm. some pictures and everything. And about a week later, I got a response like, well, we've been, we've been sitting with this, and then big yes, exclamation oh, points. Oh, how great. And, um, and it was so beautiful mm. because... One of the main messages that they talk about, and that's the chapter title of their, uh, their chapter, is Loving Beyond Labels. Mm-hmm. And they talk about not just being a same-sex couple, yeah. but, and I'm purposely not using the word lesbian, because, yes. because uh, Sunny, as she writes in this, doesn't consider herself a lesbian. She considers herself someone who loves who she loves. Yes. And she doesn't want to be labeled in that yes, way. Yes. So it's not just about that, but about mm-hmm. how do we in partnership uh, release the labeling that constricts us and puts right. puts things in a box right. in a certain way. Right. Yeah. So that was a beautiful message from mm-hmm. them that they emphasized. Mm.
1: So I know you have had a beautiful marriage, still have a beautiful marriage with your wife Cynthia James who in her own right is a public persona and does amazing spiritual work Mm -hmm. in bringing people's true essence to light, helping them be successful. And talk about what it's like to be a dual-career couple who aren't just doing 9 to 5 every day, right? You have big lives and you're traveling a lot and um, a lot of people want pieces of each of you, right? How do you maintain the depth of the relationship you have? It's a beautiful... It's a beautiful merging when I'm around you too. Thank you. You Thank you. It's just so real and loving and... And, I mean, real in the sense of, you know, she can look at you and say, really, Carl? (laughs) (laughs) she does. back at her, you know? And um, so, As deeply as you love one another, there's Mm -hmm. just this reality that we're human beings. Mm -hmm. How do you maintain that? Mm, That's a great question. Uh,
2: First off, I think it helps that we both are very independent people.
1: Mm.
2: And so there's that commonality. Uh, There's that similarity that we both feel like we have our own independent purpose and our independent missions in our life. So then it's trusting. We both anchoring in that trust Mm -hmm. that we want to support each other Mm -hmm. to be out there independently Mm -hmm. and fulfill and see each Mm -hmm. each other fulfill our dreams. So it's it's but I think it has to be mutual in that way. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's not, it's not gonna work. You know, or 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 you might say together, but it's not gonna work. Right. So so that that's a key element, Mm. I think. And it's and it comes to trust, you know? We both like being on our own a lot too. So that helps. Yeah. So, so yeah. if one of us is traveling, the other... Uh, you know, if is traveling, then I, I enjoy, I embrace sure. the alone time sure. here. Yeah. And I think vice versa. Yeah. And it's, Yeah, so it's just empowering. It's, it's, yeah. it's the, the love of, of seeing her getting out there as she does with me and, and being her best and expanding with the gifts that she has. Mm. And... Not having any fear about it, right? And and making sure that there is the time when we are together mm-hmm. to have some quality time and to enjoy uh, the the beauty of the growth in our relationship mm. and how we can support each other in the highest ways.
1: That's beautiful. Okay. Oh, I love that. So I want to talk about one more couple mm-hmm. in the book. There was a couple that you were able to photograph while they were expecting a child yes and then you were able to photograph them over time mm-hmm. talk about their story
2: yeah so and Mikeshta they uh, she was eight months pregnant and I photographed them uh, on the island of Maui in Hawaii and it was a beautiful experience he was massaging her and just being close and and having her f- physically feel you know feel feel good mm. and uh and I did a beautiful interview with them at that time, and then uh, she gave birth to their amazing daughter Mahayalani, who they saw from the time she was born. They saw her as this brilliant, bright light. Mm. Who, and the older that she got, and I'm, you know, by the time she was two, two and a half, they were seeing her really as a sage, wow. as as their teacher. Mm. And I met her when when she was about two or two and a half years old, and she was this bright oh. being, like, like no child I've ever been around. Oh. And, uh, and at that point, when I met her, that was the next chapter in their lives, where they, were, they moved to the Bay Area, where Mahayalani had been born with this rare cancer behind one of her oh. eyes, and, and it was uh, getting worse. So they had to go and have treatments weekly, And I saw them when they were in the midst of of that process. Mm -hmm. So I did another interview with them then, and they were sharing all about what that process was like and all the feelings involved with it, but including honoring this amazing child and and her. And she wasn't feeling sad. It was an amazing thing. There are certain things that they talk about in Mm -hmm. their chapter that are just stunning about... This two and a half year old, and how she was able to express
1: mm.
2: how she she wasn't fearful and she wasn't mm. sad about what was going on. Mm. And then the third time I was with them was about two years after Mah- Mahalani passed, and mm. and it was a very and Cynthia joined me for went to their home back in Maui, and it was so heartwarming how they were able to share all the feelings of their journey, mm. um, you know, the heartbreak, but then the greater understanding. They were both very spiritually based. And they really saw her as their spiritual teacher Mm -hmm. and that she was the reason why they came together, was to birth this amazing being, to teach them, Mm -hmm. and to continue to be uh, their teacher even out of body.
1: Mm. And what a gift you gave them Mm. to be able to document the... Love and the expression and the yes. experience all the way through. Yes,
2: yeah. So all of these and all the couples, which is why the book is called Evolution of Loving. It it really goes into greater depth of how love evolves, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's the, that's the state yes. that. Uh, I, I feel like I could talk about forever because, mm-hmm. because when we put our attention on looking at how love is never stagnant, mm-hmm. love never stays the same, it's always growing, just as yes. we're always changing yes. and growing. Okay. So honoring what does evolving love look like you say, if in a, in a uh, devoted relationship?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: How does it grow? How does it, how does it continue to do this or like this? Mm-hmm. And when there are times that are challenging then what tools and practices and such uh, states of being can we bring in if the mutuality is there that can bring it back to this and and continue to to go upward with each other.
1: And I know some of those are in the book, too. They are. It's really wonderful. Mm -hmm. So we're going to take a break. Okay. And when we come back, will you show me around the studio?
2: I'd love to. All
1: right. Great. Great. We'll be right back.
0: We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl.
1: Welcome back to the conversations. We are in the studio of Carl Studna, and we have all these magnificent photographs that he's going to tell us about. So, Carl, I, I, you know, I have to say, when I look at these photos, mm-hmm. I, my jaw drops a bit. And not only because, you know, not a lot of photographers have access to these people, mm-hmm. but the way you were able to preserve some of those moments yeah. of them, yes. right? You know, I mean, you can really see into their soul. So how did you do that?
2: Well, as we were talking about earlier, um following the inspiration. Yeah. So an example, a short story. So with Paul McCartney, um, I was in London for two years in in December uh, documenting Eric Clapton's shows. He was documenting uh, his recording his 24 Nights albums. And while I was there, I had time during the days to take advantage of meeting with different people in the music industry Mm. in London. And a friend of mine, a close friend in Los Angeles, her old boyfriend, was an art director at a big uh, design firm oh, in London, and she gave me his name, thinking maybe I could do some work for their design firm. Ah. So I went and met with him with Brett, and it wasn't a fit. I mean, my pictures weren't a fit for their style, yeah, but he, but he, but he said to me, "Well. I can, if you want, if you're interested, I can introduce you to Paul McCartney's manager. So, yeah, I think, <laughs> I, 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 th- I think I'm interested in that. You know, fun. Like, much more so than working for you. Really, but, you know. uh, so he he gave me he introduced me to Richard Ogden, who was McCartney's oh, manager. Okay. You know, set up an appointment like oh, that wow. and went and met with him, and it was very cordial. The, so. Just so easy, we sat on the sofa, talked about our lives, showed him my portfolio. He liked me, he liked my work, immediately called uh, McCartney 's press agent, who's the one that hired photographers, and like that, you know, I went over to Robbie Montgomery 's office that same day, had the same kind of ease and yeah. connection yeah. and that's what they were looking for. you know I mean ultimately i 'm telling you the story because, because the emphasis of it yeah. is that. They needed to know that whoever they were going to have photograph uh, Paul McCartney, that, he was, that this person could be trustworthy, yes. and that Paul would feel comfortable sure. around them. Yeah. And I think that was part of the essence. Mm-hmm. And that, was, that always served as a great example for me about, in life and in work, that it's never about trying.
1: Mm. It's, about,
2: it's about showing up in honoring who we are, our authentic presence, resting in that, mm. and, and having a beautiful engaging time with whomever we're with right, right. and allowing who we are to fully show up and then if there's that natural connection there and the talent matches yeah. then that's you know. awesome so then so then i let it go and probably could have been 3 4 months later i i awakened in the early morning by Robbie Montgomery saying Carl, yeah, this is Robbie Montgomery. I yeah, I know who you are. And he said, uh, I don't know if you're going to want to do this because it's not an album cover, but Paul is going to be filming uh, his uh, video of his off-the-ground title song from his new album Hmm. at Skywalker Ranch in Northern California. And uh, so we're wondering if you'd want to come in for two days and do stills, take him aside at times, and uh, do a full coverage. And, you know, so... He said, pay isn't that great. I would, you know, really. <laughs> yeah. uh, So he said, bring lots of film, because that was film at the right. time. And it gave the opportunity to have a lot of time with McCartney, and his whole family was there. And, the whole and family. The whole family, yeah. except for Stella. But all the other children mm-hmm. were there who traveled with him a lot. Yeah. So it was better than I could have imagined, sure. because I got to... Really experience their family dynamic and, yeah. and feel that closeness.
1: Well, tell us about this photo.
2: That was actually, um, he, he was sitting on, uh, laying on a, a piano, getting ready for a take. And so the lighting was set up already in a beautiful uh, dramatic light. And I just had him turn in the right way to get um, the feeling and, and the oh. look of that picture. But there's so much, so many diverse pictures of him from that session because right. I shot so much and ranging from soulful shots like this to very playful and yeah. silly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was that was one of the most amazing experiences in my life.
1: It sounds like he was very open and not trying to control what you were trying to take.
2: No. He he was so comfortable more than anyone I've ever been around. Uh, able to just be so present and available, completely available, yeah. you know obviously if he didn 't want to if i didn 't ask him anything he didn 't want to do yeah but i 'm sure he 'd have his boundaries, yeah, but yeah. but he was just absolutely right there and and joyful and playful throughout the whole time, like whistling, yeah. singing with the crew that 's great uh, yeah, this is how work
1: can be That's, this is the real thing right, That's right. Yeah. yeah tell us about some more of these mm. well. Let's go over here. Okay. Okay. So this
2: one of Brian Wilson, mm-hmm. um, this was a significant moment because this was shot in the late 80s. And uh, at that time, anyone that saw the biopic yeah. uh, of Brian Wilson would know this is about when the film ended. Oh. And, but at this moment, he was still really under the influence and confines of, his, of Eugene Landy, yeah. his therapist manager pretty much yeah. ran his life in every way and uh and he was very medicated so I was doing the shoot at Eugene Landy's office because yeah he was really confined right. and he was like sort of like a lost child in Aww. a certain way and it was I, my heart really went out to him mm-hmm. and I'd be I'd be getting ready for a moment to shoot and he'd zone out like and I'd bring him back. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then, and I actually, I would wait. Mm-hmm. And then he'd come back. And I was honoring with him. I was being mm-hmm. very, very honoring. And just being patient and, and feeling, oh, this is what he needs. Mm-hmm. So when he left, he turned to me right before he left. And he just looked at me and just said, thank you. you know, thank you so much. And I knew what he meant. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew that he was feeling that I was being caring and honoring of him.
1: And really seeing and really him. seeing him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Yes. That's beautiful. Yeah. So, there are a few up here that I think are really funny. So I see one of James Brown. Right. So tell us about your experience with James Brown.
2: James Brown. Okay. Well, that's a whole. Let's let's go over here. <laughs> okay. Because I'm gonna I'm gonna demonstrate this. Okay. Uh, so James Brown was James Brown. Yeah. You know, he had his whole entourage with him, Mr. Brown, and, yeah, you know, he couldn't barely understand what he said. He'd say a sentence, and it would be, take a moment to decode what it was. Oh, yeah, I got it. And, um, but he was very clear about what he wanted and what he wouldn't do. I wanted to put on his music and have him do his moves. Yeah, you know, yeah. No, I don't do that, I don't do that. You know, really? Yeah. You know, and he'd go, this is what I do. You know, or, No. <laughs> Great. Yeah. And so I went with him and this was one of the few shots he's hitchhiking in the galaxy. That's he, awesome. He wanted, he had co-rights in choosing the whole art direction oh, for this. Yeah. So he wanted to be the center of the universe. Really. Oh yeah. right? And, and so I had a muralist before Photoshop, I had a muralist paint this beautiful mural of he's standing on the moon with all the planets around him. So we did a whole series of things like that. Oh, that's and it was, fun. it was one of the most, Interesting, fun, <laughs> fun things to talk about. I bet. Was it challenging? Uh, only in the sense that I had to, I had to just be in each moment and listen to oh, what he wanted, okay. and then go with it, and then be grateful that there were some shots that really worked. Oh, awesome! Yeah,
1: this is fun. Mm-hmm. So, I drug you down to the other part of the studio because there is a photograph I am absolutely in awe of. Mm-hmm. And it is of this beautiful man, Eldridge Cleaver. Yes. Now, most people, when they think about Eldridge Cleaver, they do not think of him in this incredibly soulful, gentle way. Right. How did you even get to have the time to take this photo?
2: Well, at this point in uh, Eldridge Cleaver's life, he was um, really... ...into, uh, I think, just opening to spirituality. Mm. Uh, And I met him at uh, the Agape International Spiritual Center... ...which is where I would go. Uh, I was a member. And he was dressing largely in African Mm. uh, wear at that Mm. time. And I felt his presence. I felt who he was. Mm. And I felt very drawn to want to meet him... And to request to photograph him because the presence I was seeing with him at that time was so open and gentle mm-hmm. and kind, and and uh, I wanted I had a vision, you know, for this picture,
1: yeah.
2: and uh, and that's how it emerged, and that's so often how the creative uh, process mm-hmm. unfolds, especially when I have a, a clear inner mm-hmm. vision with a person, right. when it comes through a feeling and a vision. And then the invitation is mm-hmm. set, set out. Usually, eventually, the person says yes. Mm, nice. And then once I'm there with him in my little cabin studio, mm-hmm. uh, and everything just falls into place. Mm-hmm. And and the vision mm-hmm. just takes form. It takes form. He, he sinks into that place naturally. Yeah. I needed to have everything technically set up, mm-hmm. have the color backdrop course, I wanted, yeah. and the lighting and all of that. But, uh, and that is one of the greatest gifts and pleasures that I get from mm-hmm. my photography and my portrait work, especially when there's a deep, inspired inner vision. Yeah.
1: It's yeah. just stunning. It's yeah. stunning, and it just so makes my heart sing. Thank you. This has been an extraordinary experience, Carl. I love that we've been able to tour the studio. Thank you. I love to hear so much about your new book, The Evolution of Loving. And I know people want to know more about this. So how can they learn about you and more about the book?
2: Beautiful. Well, you can go to uh, the URL is evolutionofloving.com. And... There's a beautiful display on that page that tells you everything you'd want to know. (laughs) It has great pictures some interviews, testimonials, and then a link to Amazon Mm. where uh, you can
1: pick it up. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Thank you for being here, taking the time to show us around and share your exquisite art with us.
2: I so appreciate the time with you. Thank Mm. you so much.
1: So remember, everyone, think big. The world could be a better place because of a conversation that matters. Mm. This is Cheryl Esposito.